Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, good morning, Emmanuel Church. How are you feeling today? It is a joy to be with you here today. Hey, if this is your very first time at any one of our locations, whether you're joining us here at Greenwood or Banta or Garfield Park or our Seymour campus, or if you're joining us for the first time online, our online campus, let us know where you're tuning in from. Or at one of our microsites, whether you're joining us at Sarasota, we're not jealous at all that, uh, that you're down there experiencing warm weather, or the uh, Johnson County Corrections facilities, if you're joining us at IWU or any of our other microsites, we want to give it up for you. Can we give it up for all of our first-time guests today? <clears throat> it, is, it is a joy to be here with you. Last week, we started a series called Triggered, and some of you got triggered. No, no, you didn't. You did really good. Um, but no, it's a, we, we've been talking about this idea, or started talking about this idea last week. This word triggered has become a very popular word over the last several years. And we kind of know what it means, but I wanted to get a really solid definition. So I looked it up in the dictionary, Merriam-Webster's Webster, dictionary, showed you this definition last week if you were here. Triggered means to ca caused to feel an intense, usually negative, emotional Reaction. People say, I got triggered by my friends at school today, or I got triggered by my mom, my dad, or I got triggered by the boss or my coach, or I got triggered by a commercial or what some politician said or a decision that was made. What people mean is they got angry, right? Primarily, it's the emotion of anger that comes up inside of us when we, go, when we get triggered. And we said last week that nothing good comes into our life when we get triggered. The Bible actually talks about this in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17 says this, a quick person, uh, a quick tempered person does, say it with me, foolish things, right? We send that email we shouldn't send. We throw that punch we shouldn't have thrown. We do that passive aggressive thing we shouldn't, we shouldn't have done. We say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. Why? Because we're, we're angry. Some of you probably saw this week here in Greenwood at the Ale Emporium. There's a situation where a gentleman gets done with dinner, goes out to the parking lot to get in his car to go home. It's nine o'clock at night. I don't know the story. Maybe you know more than I do. I don't have the information, but there was an altercation between him and another guy, maybe over a parking spot, maybe over something that happened in the restaurant. One thing led to another, and the dude shot him in the head and killed him at the Ale Emporium. Now, if you're watching online, you don't know where that is. That's just a few miles from here in Greenwood. Somebody died in the parking lot after dinner? How can that happen? Well, people get triggered. They become angry. They argue. And when they do that, they do foolish things. Now, you may not kill somebody. You might, but you're certainly going to do something foolish in the 
future if you don't get this under control. And that's really what we're talking about. That's really the motivation behind this series. It's like, how do we, how do we get to the point where, where, where we can actually live the life that Jesus has planned for us? What I would call a triggerless life, where you're just kind of chill. And somebody crosses your path, somebody does something that, that you don't like, and you're like, no problem. You just stay calm and stay peaceful and you are chill. Is that possible? I believe that it is. How are we gonna do that? Well, I told, I told you last week we're gonna talk about this big idea and then kind of tease it out over the next four weeks. What we said last week is that if you and I are gonna live a triggerless life, we have to take responsibility for our lives. We have to come to this point where we realize that my emotions are my choice. Like you can't feel a certain way unless you allow someone else to make you feel that way. When you give yourself over to somebody else, you're, you're, when you become angry, when you're triggered, you're giving them control of your life. You can manage your emotions. You are in charge of your life if you take responsibility of your life. I love what Marcus Aurelius said, the Roman emperor slash Stoic philosopher. He said, choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. Now, Maybe that's a little bit uh, more difficult than, than, than we can handle today, but I truly believe that a person can, can get to the point where they are not at the mercy of their emotions. They're not at the mercy of other people. In fact, last week we said we didn't like that definition from Webster's Dictionary because it used the word caused. In other words, I'm triggered because of you. It's not my fault, it's your fault. See, that's blame shifting. Right? So we came up with a different definition of triggered. We said being triggered is an emotional overreaction to outside stimulus. It's my fault. If I'm angry, it's my choice. If I'm triggered, it's because I chose to be triggered. It's not your fault, it's my fault. That's the beginning of living a triggerless life. And so last week we said that taking responsibility of your life looks like looking back at your past and seeking healing from past wounds. A lot of times we get triggered because we've got some stuff we haven't dealt with in the past. And I can't get into that right now because that was last week's talk, but if you missed it, man, check that out on YouTube. I think it'll be really helpful for you. Taking responsibility looks like getting healing or seeking healing for past wounds in your life. Today I wanna talk about another reason why we get triggered or another strategy to live a triggerless life. It's in your notes, I want you to write this down or you know, in your digital notes there. If we wanna live a triggerless life, we need to stop acting like God. Did you know there's one God? There's some religions that teach, there's lots of gods. Our religion, our faith teaches that there's one God. In Isaiah chapter 46, verse nine, it says, remember the former things from long ago. I am the Lord, there is, say it with me, there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. There's one God and it's not me. There's one God and it's not you. Now, some of you might be thinking, now, wait a second. I don't find myself acting like God. What are you talking about? How could that be the cause of my triggering? Well, let me explain it like this. We act like God when we get angry. Now, I'm not saying that God is angry all the time. He does get angry. Remember the flood? Anybody read the Old Testament? <laughs> there are times where God is like, he's not happy. And then he does things. But his primary emotion is joy and his primary emotion is love. Are you anybody thankful for that? Mercy and grace. He does get angry from time to time and the Bible teaches us that. But I'm not saying that, that we're like God and we get angry because God is always angry. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. 
Let me explain what I really mean by this statement. We act like God and we get angry. There are lots of different reasons why we get triggered. Again, last week we talked about the fact that we get triggered because we have unresolved pain from our past and we gotta heal that if we wanna stop getting triggered, okay? Today, we're gonna talk about a different reason why we get triggered. We get triggered simply because we don't get our way. It's real deep this morning, okay? You get mad because someone crossed your will. You get mad because you had a plan of the way someone's gonna go at work, at home, and it didn't go that way. You had a plan of the way something was gonna go with your wife or husband and, and it didn't go that way. And your will got crossed and then you got mad. You got triggered. It reminds me of a story in the, in the New Testament about Peter and uh, Jesus was, got a sword this morning. <laughs> Jesus was being arrested by, uh, what's his name, Judas. <laughs> And Judas brings a bunch of Roman soldiers in and they come into the garden and, and they, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Judas kisses Jesus and the guys, Jesus says, who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I'm he, you know, has this conversation. He says, take me, but leave these guys alone, right? And it, evidently when Jesus said, leave these guys alone, talking about his disciples, the, the Roman soldiers might have taken a step towards all of them, I don't know. But when that happened, after Jesus said that, Peter... That's kind of fun. <laughs> Peter took out his sword. Look what it says in chapter 18, verse 10. Then Simon Peter drew his sword and, say it with me, slashed off the right ear of Malchus. Now, Peter is either an expert swordsman or he doesn't know what he's doing with a sword, right? He either aimed for the center of that guy's head and missed or he aimed for his ear and he got it. I mean, we don't know because the text doesn't say, but what we do know is that the dude's ear falls off and Jesus has to say, put your sword away. For whoever lives by the sword dies by the sword. And then Jesus goes over, picks the dude's ear up off the ground. So cool. Puts it on his head, sticks it back on there. I mean, Jesus cool. Man. What happened there? Peter had a thought in his mind. Peter was like, this is how this is going to go. Jesus is going to kick everybody's butt. No one's going to arrest him. He's going to become the king, and, and he's going to just wreck the Romans, and, and we're just going to have our freedom. And, and, and that was what he wanted. Judas wanted that. Others wanted that. I thought Jesus was going to be this military leader who's going to set the Jews free from the power of Rome. Little did they know that Jesus came to lay down his life and set people free from their sins. You see, that's us. We have a plan. You know what our problem is when we get triggered? We're sitting in the wrong seat. See, there's one God and it's not us. There's one throne and it's not for us. When we put ourselves on that seat or in that throne, guess what? Now, now we're in charge and I have a will and I want this to go this way and this to go this way. And then it doesn't happen and, and, and we, throw, we throw a fit. In your notes, I wrote it like this. When our desires and wishes, we've made our desires and wishes paramount. We put them first. And then when our will is crossed, we throw a tantrum. You ever see a two-year-old throw a tantrum? Kind of looks like this. You've seen it. You know what the word triggered really means? 
It means tantrum. <laughs> you didn't get what you wanted. You didn't get your parking spot, you get triggered. Your coworker doesn't cooperate to get the project done on time, so you look like a fool, so you get triggered. Right? Your brother or sister embarrasses you in front of your friends, you don't like that, you get triggered. Your mom and dad don't allow you to get a certain phone or a piece of uh, social media, and you're, you're triggered. Because everybody else has it, right? By the way, my daughter's 17. She still doesn't have Instagram. Parents, pay attention. Pay attention. We got six-year-olds running around with Instagram and whatever. It's bonkers. By the way, since we're on the topic of parenting... You know what's really happening in a house with little children? You know what's really happening? Especially when you get two or three at the same time. Everything is on the verge of anarchy. <laughs> Every day, somebody wants to be in charge and, th and overthrow the ship. And you know what your job as a mom is or a dad? Is take control. Dominate. Bring these children under submission. They're monsters. <laughs> now, I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating either. Have you ever seen the movie Lord of the Flies? Have you ever read the book? See, children, when they're like two or three, they're like, I want to call shots. Why? Because they're human. You were that way, I was that way, so they try to overthrow you. And so little kids will punch their mom in the face. You ever seen this? You ever seen this in the grocery store? Oh, Johnny, don't smack mommy. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. These little gremlins, these little devils, they want, they want to be in charge. And they will smack you, punch you, kick you, bite you, and you have to get those little gremlins under control. Why? This is human. This is human nature. We want, we want to sit in the seat. We want to call the shots. I remember not too long ago, uh, one of my children, I won't tell you which one, uh, decided that they were going to overthrow things. And so we did a little pastoral visit. We got in the car, we drove over to the church, and we sat in Pastor Danny's office. A little extra authority. Because sometimes you're not even a king in your own home. You know what I'm saying? You got you to be... You got to change locations. And so we had a nice little two-hour talk about who's in charge. And I told this particular child that as we move forward in life together, if you don't cooperate and fall in line, I will come to school with you every day. And I wasn't joking. And I will go from class to class with you. And in every single class, I will sit next to you. And your friends will be my friends. <laughs> and our t your teachers will be my friends. And I will invade your entire life. Child, do not put me to the test. Because my will will dominate your will. You see how that works, moms and dads? See how that works? So, anyway, that's another sermon for another day. <laughs> Somebody got me off track, silly. And when we don't do this sort of stuff, here's what happens. And this is sad. This breaks my heart. You get on social media and what do you see? A 16-year-old kid almost kill his teacher. Why? Because she took his Nintendo Switch. Did you see that? Yes. He almost killed her. Now, is that a, a failure of the school system? No, it's a failure of parenting. 
that child never learned that he's not in charge. Does that make sense? So moms and dads, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Okay, 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 we'll get off that. We'll get off that. We'll get off that. Let's talk me and you now. We're in the wrong seat. We get triggered because we're upset. We're angry. How, how, do we, how do we fix that? How do we fix that? Well, we have to let God be God. That's the answer to, this, to the problem, which is easy to say, hard to live by. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is we have to surrender. We have to get out of the seat. We have to surrender our control of our lives to God. By the way, this is what Jesus said is a prerequisite to following him. Luke chapter nine, verse 23. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Wow. Another version says, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. A cross is an instrument of death. Some of us wear crosses around our necks. Some of us have crosses tattooed to our bodies, cross rings, cross jewelry. A cross is designed to kill. Kill what? Not your body. Back then it was designed to kill your body. The cross is designed to kill your desire to be in control. Wow. You see, being a follower of Jesus means you've given up your right to have your own way. And when a person has done this, there's a noticeable shift in their spirit. You can see that they no longer struggle with anger. Why? Because there's no room for anger. Road rage is gone. You can't tick these people off. Why? Because it's just fine. You want to drive you know, 20 miles an hour in the fast lane? No problem. You know, you want to stop at a roundabout and let the traffic build up? not a problem. Why? Well, I don't have to have, why? I don't have to have my way. Doesn't have to go my way. See, I'm not God. There's one God and it's not me. You see how this works? You become triggerless when you surrender your will to God's will. Listen to what Dallas Willard said. Years ago, I read this. He said, stepping out of anger, having an anger-free life means you've surrendered your will to God. It means you've accepted that you don't have to have your own way. If you don't do this, you're in trouble as long as your wishes and desires are paramount, paramount you're going to be easily triggered. A few years ago, my wife and I would let our dog out in our yard. We now have a different house, so uh, we don't have this problem anymore, but we had a bunch of neighbors around us, and our little dog was a yapper. Anybody have a yapper? He's a little mini schnauzer. We loved him, but he had some serious issues, anxiety, fear, depression. You want me to keep going? <laughs> we tried doggy pills, you know, like the drugs and stuff like that. didn't work. Um, CBD oil, doggy CBD oil, didn't work. So anyway, one time we, we let him out in the backyard, and he's just going. He would bark at birds, squirrels, UPS people, whatever, you know, anything that moved, he was not happy. And so he was out there one day, we kind of got used to it, and, and they would bark, 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 whatever. Well, our neighbor, two houses down, don't you love neighbors? She would go outside and do some sunbathing, and she was a single lady, and she really wanted to have her peace and quiet and not be disturbed. And so, you know, Buddy was out there barking one day, and all of a sudden, my wife and I hear this, this air horn, like as loud as, like at a football game. It was unbelievable. It was like, whoa, did you hear that? Somebody's blowing an air horn. I wonder what that's all about. You know, and Buddy's barking. Rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> not, the, dot, the dots are not connecting, okay? We're like... And so the, it, then it goes off again. I was thinking about blowing it in here, but you should, you, would you like, wouldn't that be cool? Should I do it? No, I actually, I can't because it's so, it's so loud. It'll hurt your ears. Uh, let's do it anyway. No, I'm just kidding. No, I can't do it. No, no, no. But, but this lady, she got on it again. She got on it again. 
And so uh, when she did it the second time and Buddy's going crazy, I walked out just to see what was going on. Like, what am I missing out here? It's kind of fun, air horns, you know? <laughs> and then Buddy kept barking and then she did it again. And, I, and then it hit me. She's trying to tell us to stop to get control of our dog, which I thought was kind of humorous. So we just let Buddy stay out there. <laughs> <laughs> But what was happening, what was happening, I, we can laugh at that. You know, we live in a small community too. So if you're here today watching, I really do apologize for, for I should have done a better job. Um, but what was happening there ha- happens all the time in my life in a different way and in your way. See, when, when, we, when we're quick-tempered, when we're triggered, when we allow something to get to us, we do something like this. Sometimes it's a punch. Sometimes it's a bullet. Sometimes it's an email. Sometimes it's a nasty comment. And quick-tempered people do foolish things and they, and they pay the price for it. How do, we, how do we get over this, get past this? Well, we have to surrender our will to God's will. I love the story of, of John the Baptist. He gets locked up. He's preaching about Jesus. He gets put in jail. Jesus is out preaching, healing people, doing miracles. It's unbelievable. Remember John? John is Jesus' cousin. You with me? You know who John is? Yes? Like, from John's perspective, he should not be in jail. He should be right next to his cousin Jesus, preaching, healing people, but instead he's locked up. So one day, John gets some of his disciples to go to Jesus and say, hey, can you ask Jesus, like, if he's the real deal, or should we look for someone else? You imagine. John the Baptist was the one who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Like John the Baptist was the one preaching, prepare the way for the Messiah. And now because he's in jail, he's questioning, he's doubting. So John's disciples come to Jesus and say, hey, you know, John was wondering this, you know, are you the guy or should we look for somebody else? Jesus' response was, hey, you go back and tell John that the blind see, the deaf hear, you know, the, the, the lame are healed, the lepers are healed, and the dead are raised. And then Jesus adds this statement, and I believe it's for all of us. You tell John, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. You know, for years I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what? What does that mean? What is Jesus saying? Here's what he's saying. Blessed is the person who does not lose faith, is not triggered, is not angered by the way I choose to run my universe. I'm in charge. And John, if it's my will for you to stay in prison, that doesn't mean I'm not good. And it doesn't mean I'm not the Messiah. You see what I'm saying? See, God is God. There's one God, it's not me. He does things. A lot of things we don't like. I was in the sauna the other day. (laughs) One day I'm gonna write a book called The Sauna Stories. And I was talking to somebody about God, Jesus. And he's, here's what he said to me. You want to know why I don't believe in God? I said, no, tell me. He said, because when I go to Riley Hospital and I see all of those children dying of cancer, struggling for their life, I can't get my mind wrapped around a good, loving God. Powerful argument. There is an answer to it. I can't get into it right now. But maybe you can read about it in the book. Powerful. What was he saying? I'm getting tripped up over how God is running things. Little children get cancer and they die. Pfft. 
some God you have? It's a powerful argument. You know what Jesus would say? He said, listen, blessed is the man or woman who does not get tripped up, triggered, offended, angered by the what I allow to take place in this broken world. Think about Job. Remember Job? I mean, he loses his family, his children, all of his cattle, all of his sheep, all of his goats, loses his physical health. Even his wife says, Job, why don't you curse God and die? And he starts out okay in the book of Job. He's like, you know, the Lord gives, the Lord takes, blessed be the name of the Lord, you know. But then slowly, as the book goes on, if you've ever read the book of Job, his friends are getting at him. He gets frustrated, angry, gets depressed, starts to spiral into this negativity. He even says one time, I wish I were never born. Cursed is my birthday. And he starts to accuse God for all the pain and hurt that he's experiencing. Finally, all the way in the book, chapter 38, the end of the book, God finally speaks. God doesn't even open his mouth for the first 37 chapters. Chapter 38, God finally opens his mouth and says this to Job. Job, where were you, Job, when I founded the earth, when I laid its foundations? Tell me, Job, if you have understanding. You know what that means? God is saying to Job, Job, I'm God. If I want to allow your children to pass away, then they're going to pass away. Do not question me. Job, if, if I want to allow your body to lose its physical health, I, this is what I do. And sometimes you're not going to like what I do. But Job, were you there when I made the foundations? You know what God does for the rest of the book of Job? He asked Job another 76 questions about life and animals and everything. Job finally gets to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was talking about. You're God and you can do whatever it is that you want, even if I disagree with it. What is that? That's a surrendered spirit. And that's the only way we can go through this life, triggerless. It reminded me of the movie Bruce Almighty. Anybody ever see that one? Bruce gets so mad at God and the way things are going. He's like, I can do a better job. This is where most of us fall. We have no problem believing in God. In fact, most of us today would say, I believe in God. You'd raise your hand, I believe in God. Yeah, yeah. But do you trust him to run things? Well, (sighs) he seems to be making a mess of it. At the war in Ukraine, at this crazy president, the president before that was crazy. You know, whatever your politics are. (sighs) People shooting each other, hating on each other. Right? And now what we think, well, I believe in God, but man, I'm not sure where he's at. And so maybe I could do a better job. And so we get in the seat that Bruce got in. And then Bruce tries to run the, the world and he makes a total mess of it. Remember that one scene where he's like, he meets Morgan Friedman who's playing God. Doesn't Morgan B. B. Friedman play a great God? I just love that. And he's got his hands behind his back. Do you remember that scene? He's like, how many fingers do I have my back, behind my back? He's like, seven. And then he puts his hand out and there's five and then Morgan makes his hand look like that. <laughs> and he's like, ah! <laughs> he's such a great actor. We try to do that. That's what we try to do. Why? Because we, like, we don't like the things that we see. We don't like what's going on. And if we ever want to get to the point where we can live triggerless, we have to surrender. Now, that doesn't mean to live a passive life. I live a very active life. If I see things that need to take place, I'm gonna do them every single day. I'm taking action to bring about God's will on earth as I believe it is done in heaven. 
being triggerless doesn't mean you're passive. Please understand that. It doesn't mean you're like, oh, I'm just whatever, and I have no will of my own, and whatever you want to do, and I'll just be a doormat. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living without anger. You say, what does that look like? It looks like you act without anger. Did you know that you could do that? Did you know that you can act without anger? You can drive your car without anger. That's it. You can. You can do it. You can have a discussion with your spouse about something difficult, probably the children, without anger. Did you know you could do that? You could talk about money without anger. You can. You could talk with your boss and your colleagues at work without anger. Hey, teenagers, you could talk to your parents without anger. You could talk to your parents without attitude. Oh, yes, you can. You can. If you surrender. If you surrender. But if you're in the seat, if you're in the seat, if, you, if you're God and you're calling the shots and you don't like what mom and dad have to say about phones and parties and friends and social media, look, you're going to be ticked. You're going to cop an attitude. Why? Because you're not surrendered. It's your way of the highway. You know, you can act without anger. Here's what the Bible actually says. James chapter one, verse 20. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Right there. It just says it as clear as day. It doesn't say don't do anything. It doesn't say don't act or parent or lead or whatever it is that you do. It just says human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. So what does that mean? You and I have to go through this life and figure out how to live without anger. Dallas Fuller put it like this, never forget it, years ago. He said, anything you can do with anger, you can do better without anger. I'll never forget the day when I stopped parenting with anger. All of my parenting came down to, I'm bad, dad's mad. Dad's mad about the shoes. Dad's mad about how you responded to your mother. Dad's mad about how your, room, your room's a mess. Dad's mad. And because dad was mad, guess what? People moved. And they, they took action. And you'd get results with anger. The only problem is you hurt the relationship. I started to lose a relationship with my children. They didn't feel love from me. Why? Because everything was, hey, what are you doing? Don't do that. Do this. How can we get that done on time? Anger, anger, anger. Why? Because I wasn't getting my way. Making sense, moms and dads? Anything you can do with anger, you can do better without anger. So, tough question today. And I have to ask myself this all the time. Whose seat, what seat are you in? I say whose because there's, there's a throne, there's a seat. It's God's seat. <laughs> and you're sitting in it. You are sitting in God's seat. There's only one God. And it's not you. If you find yourself angry all the time, when you get on social media, when you talk to this person, when this person says that, it's because you're in the wrong seat. You gotta get out. Say, God, this is your world. And evidently, you have designed it in such a way where there's lots of not so smart people in the world. Can we just talk about that for a second? Let's just call them slow. There's lots of slower folks out there. And you in your divine sovereignty have allowed folks to go through this life in a slow way. And I'm okay with that. 
Because guess what? I don't have to have my way. In fact, Lord, here's the thing. I'm one of the slow ones right here. I'm not always thinking straight. I'm not always thinking fast. I slow things down. And I'm so thankful that you're patient with me. What seat are you in? I'm telling you what, your life is gonna change when you step out of that seat into the seat of a disciple who is following Christ. You just might live a triggerless life. A few moments ago, I mentioned that sometimes God gets angry. And all you have to do is read the Bible, you can see different parts of the Bible where he is not happy. Now, his dominant emotion is joy and love, but he does get angry. In fact, the Bible does say he's angry with sin. Sin is what's in me, sin is what's in you. Why? Because sin separates us from God and he created us to be in fellowship together. So he's angry at sin. Sin has messed everything up. He's angry at the devil. The devil, the devil tempted Adam and Eve and they sinned and their sin and past was passed down to you and I and every single generation since. God is angry at sin. But you know what else God is? Because he's mostly love, he's merciful. And so what he did was instead of taking his anger out on you and me, which he's justified in doing if he wanted to, he actually took it out on his son. And that's what the cross is all about. A few moments ago, I mentioned that a cross is an instrument of death. Jesus died on a cross. Why? Because the anger of God was placed on him. That was the penalty for death. It was you and I that should have been on the cross. We are the ones that sinned. Jesus never sinned. But yet God put Jesus on the cross to die in our place. Why? So that we could step into eternal life and abundant life. Life the way it was meant to be lived. A life filled with joy, peace, and love. Jesus didn't come to set up a religion. He didn't come to set up buildings like this, facilities and churches. This is an expression or a way that we can invite people into what Jesus came for, which is a relationship with himself. If you've never put your trust in Christ today, I'm just gonna say a simple prayer, a prayer of faith, where you can, you can do it right now. The Bible says it takes the faith of a child to do this. Just ask him to forgive you of your sin. Tell him that you trust him, that you believe that he died on the cross for you and rose again. If you feel led to whatever campus you're at, if you're watching online here at Greenwood, just take these words and make them your own. Just say this to him, dear Jesus, Thank you for taking my punishment. I deserve to die, but you died in my place to wash away my sin, to reunite me to yourself and to the Father. Jesus, I believe you paid the penalty, canceled the debt held against me. So I pray that you'd wipe the slate clean. Cleanse my heart. And from this day forward, teach me to come under your authority, to step out of the seat, your seat, and to trust that you know what you're doing, that you know how to run this world, 
and then I can find my place in it by surrendering to you and live a life free of anger. Give me your spirit today and teach me to follow you and to honor you. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, we wanna celebrate with you all of our campuses, amen. When I prayed to trust Christ when I was 17, I had someone thankfully who put a Bible in my hands and told me to begin reading it. And so that's kind of our passion to do that. So if you just trusted Christ, we have a little box called our Save Box. The primary most important thing in here is the Bible that we wanna put in your hands today. But there's also some fun stuff in there as well. There's a little coffee cup to say congratulations. Some information about our church, small groups, baptism. And so if you trusted Christ today, if you text the word SAVE to 65248, you can grab one of these at the information desk if you're watching online. Give us a little bit more info and we'll send one to you in the mail. Was this helpful today, guys? Amen. What seat are you in? Will you pray with me? And then I'll hand things off to the local teams. Father, thank you for giving us the insight that you give us for the scriptures. You, you, you Jesus, you said, if anybody wants to be my follower, let him deny himself, give up his right to have his own way, pick up the cross and follow you. Teach us to do that, that we might surrender our will to your will so that we can live a triggerless life. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, I'm going to hand things off to the local teams. God bless you guys. See you next week.